Check out episode 30 with Ben, CEO and co-founder of Pupbox. We are talking all about subscription supply chains. You're not going to want to miss it. Listen to the whole episode because there's a discount on Pupbox at the end. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about the best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Welcome back to all of our Two Babes listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. And remember, if you like what you hear, show us some love by writing us a review. We would love to hear from you. Coming up on this episode, we are talking to Jeff. He is the CEO of Primeline, and his his company was founded by his father, Bob, in 1980. Jeff joined Prime in 1993 as the regional sales manager and has since worked in a variety of sales, marketing, and executive roles at Prime. He has been a key visionary in helping to shape the organization in areas such as product development, new service offerings, significant web presence, and with Prime's overall focus on giving the highest levels of service. Jeff has traveled extensively throughout the world and represents Prime as the only U.S. member of IPPAG, the International Partnership for Promotions and Gifts. Welcome, Jeff, to the show. We're so excited to have you on here today. We're going to be talking about uh, Prime. We're going to be talking about the promotional industry. We're going to be talking about your supply chain. And more importantly, we're going to be talking about your safety and, and compliance as well in your supply chain. So we're excited to have you on the show. Excellent. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So why don't we get started um, and tell us a little bit about Prime and how you got started. Great. So Prime is one of the leading suppliers in the promotional products industry. We are about a $20 billion industry, and Prime is one of the top five hard good companies. Uh, and we, we got to that point by looking at different products and services that our distributor customer base is really interested in. We also focused on acquisition because that's in our DNA. That's how we've grown from day one. Uh, You mentioned how my father got started in 1980 in this business uh, after working at an industry uh, competitor. And uh, shortly after that, he started to acquire some smaller companies. And when I joined, we started to uh, look at other options of of buying and expanding the organization. And since, uh, I don't know, the last 20 or so years, we've probably acquired maybe seven uh, other uh, companies, and we've folded them into Prime, and we've been able to offer that those products and services to our customer base. And it's been exciting because we're always looking to stay ahead of the curve, always looking at new product offering, new service offerings, and we've been able to do that with a, an eye on, on growth and an eye on, on service. Yeah, I love that. And we're going to get into acquisitions a little bit later because I'd like to know a little bit about how that affected your supply chain as well. But why don't you tell us about your your current supply chain and how it works? Great. So just uh, for those that don't know it in the audience, we uh, our industry is made up of suppliers, kind of wholesalers like a company like Prime, where we import products from another country or make, made in the USA, and we put them into our warehouse, and we do imprinting on the product. That, and we sell those products to distributors who resell them to an end user. Uh, 
And so that's just the baseline. And so what happens is we buy the product, as I mentioned, in, in let's say, China. We, we forecast what our needs are, and we then bring them in uh, either by uh, ocean or by air into our facility in South Carolina or in Connecticut, and we imprint those goods, and we ship them uh, throughout North America, including Canada and, and Mexico. And uh, the, the beauty is when we do those acquisitions that I mentioned to you, uh, we're able to integrate our entire supply chain into uh, those acquisitions and, and fold the either vendors that they're working with into our vendors, uh, or um, switch the products that, that make more sense to be produced in our, our factories, which have the um, strict compliance to it. So a uh, question for, actually, I've got a couple of questions on that uh, side of things. So for the inventory side, I mean, in the promotional products industry, you have a lot of SKUs. We do. We probably have SKUs, including all colors of different items, probably 4,000 different SKUs. And over $25 million worth of inventory at any one given time, waiting to be sold by our distributors to an end customer. Uh, just to be clear, an end customer is someone like mobile or AT&T or Verizon or the local garage, uh, a gas station or a hospital, and they buy their product from these distributors who are sales organizations that buy directly from us. We don't sell directly to an end user, but that distributor needs to know that they can rely on someone like us to have the inventory because their end users demand very quick turnaround. Things turn around in 24 hours with a logo right to their customer. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess on the inventory side, do you, do you keep all of those SKUs in inventory? I guess if you're, if you're talking about $25 million worth of inventory, then I guess you would. We do. We keep all those SKUs in inventory, and we can't sell from an empty wagon. And that's it's a very uh, inventory and, and cash-intensive business on the supplier side, and that requires very high levels of service, quickly turning around imprinted products, because these are all event-driven, many, in many cases, event-driven uh, situations where the end user needs the product for either a trade show or a conference or an employee recognition gift. And you, just, you just can't be late with that. Amazing. So I guess on some side, I mean, you talk about colors, right? Colors are involved in those SKUs. So um, you, you would have to kind of know what's on trend or do you have sort of like a, a top, an idea of the top colors that people usually order for a specific SKU? I'd say a little bit of both. We, we certainly know the top colors, and we go heavier on inventory of the top colors, which are, would be a blue, black, white type of a product. But then there are the, the different colors of green and orange and burnt orange and, and lime green that we, on certain SKUs, we're going to have inventory on. On the lower-end items, we'll have more depth and number of colors than the higher-end SKUs just because of the, the expense and the risk of having inventory at, uh, on, on odd colors that may not sell as quickly. Absolutely. Okay, so then on the imprint side, do you do that in-house? Yes. So we have two facilities. We have 900 employees in both Bridgeport, Connecticut and Gaffney, Gaffney South Carolina, and we put uh, logos on the products from anything from a pen to a uh, power bank to a hat to bags. 
and we put the corporate logos on here. And there's lots of different imprint processes that we use, from embroidery to transfer, heat transfer to debossing, which is done on leather products, to silk screening, pad printing, digital printing. We have about 12 or 15 different imprint processes plus packaging that we do here on demand in and out the door within 24 hours. Wow, no wonder you're one of the top companies in North America. I mean, that is that is just amazing in itself. And I've been to your booth at the uh, PPPC show and the products that you have on hand and in that booth are, uh, are amazing and, and they look really, really good. And, and I'm just, I, I, it's, it's amazing to hear about some of the processes. So oh. what is the, and, pro- sorry, go ahead. And I was gonna say to, to that effect, Anyone can have any product in their booth, but like I mentioned, you can't sell from an empty wagon, and so you have to have the inventory to be able to show and sell people. So anyone can just show any product, but if you can't deliver it, there's no point to show it. Absolutely, and just knowing you guys have have that inventory on hand and also have those different processes, I mean, what distributor wouldn't want to work with you? I like your style. (laughs) So what is the process and what has surprised you the most in regards to some of the processes and the pricing? I mean, I'm sure, you know, from starting back in 1980, obviously with all of the technology that's come to play, you know, what what has that had uh, as an effect on your processes and in the supply chain? I think the biggest surprise is that that there's a market for small quantity orders and that those there's a demand for doing anything as few as 24 pieces or 12 pieces or five pieces. And, and our ability to understand that and be able to satisfy the customers that have that, that range and, and need for those smaller quantities. But that's a big surprise. And also that there is, um, I'm also surprised that more people aren't using some of the web services that we have, the technology that we've created to be able to look up orders, to check live inventory, to check freight quotes. We've served it up on a silver platter with our technology and our focus using technology to have our customers be able to find what they need uh, at their fingertips. I've noticed that not all customers are as, um, I guess I've been surprised that they haven't used our technology at the level that that we would have expected. It's kind of like build it and they will come. And while they're coming, they come slower using technology, which is now why we're looking at connectivity with our customers. So the entire supply chain from, from, let's say, China or India or wherever else we may get our product, all the way to the delivery is uh, seamless in in using technology. And so I guess uh, it it surprised me that um, it's taken a little bit longer to use technology than I would have expected. Yeah, that would actually surprise me a little as well. So I guess things are still somewhat a little bit manual for you then? No, I mean, look, every customer sends, I guess from a purchase order perspective, there's still some manual. The customer sends a purchase order. We have to enter it into a system. Right now, there's, it doesn't make sense for the distributor to go onto our website like they would go and buy something on Amazon because they have to put it into their computer. They're not going to then put it onto our website uh, and do double entry. So there's a bit of duplication that's happening in our industry, and we're all trying to find ways to streamline that. 
Absolutely. Going back to the smaller orders, um, that, you know, in some respects, it it surprises me, but in others, it doesn't only purely for the fact of the bigger entrepreneurship market. You've got so many people starting companies and needing those smaller orders because they're just not at that level yet where they could place the larger orders. So how are you find managing that? We have a pretty uh, robust process. We get, you know, thousand orders printed orders a day or more depending on the time of year a thousand to fifteen hundred orders a day and we have a way to be able to just process them quickly get them into production get them out to shipping and then out to the end user all again within 24 hours and we can accommodate as few as five pieces on up to five thousand pieces I love that. I love that because with the growing trend in, in entrepreneurship, they definitely need support by companies like yourself to be able to provide them with the quantities that they need. Um, I've heard from a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, where they, they're contacting some companies and the minimums are just not something that they could realistically um, uphold to, especially when it comes to cost. And when you're starting out, you've got so many different things that you're paying for um, that it's nice to know that they have somewhere that they can go for those those smaller quantities anyways. Absolutely. And the, the beauty is that since we're also in the Northeast, which is makes it very simple to ship up to Canada, uh, and we've that program into uh, Canada has uh, continued to grow because we found the distributors and the end users up in Canada have really uh, looked at our offering and been really have been really excited about working more and more with us. Awesome. So you're finding different ways to accommodate them from a shipping angle as well. So that's Definitely. great. So what is the biggest change that you've seen as you grow? Um, I guess, yeah, it kind of rolls into the processes, but I mean, in general, what's the biggest change you've seen? The biggest change is the distributor focusing their efforts on top suppliers. And that drives more commitment together and it drives more loyalty together. And we're able to really focus our efforts on coming up with customized programs for different distributor and distributor groups and, and then tailor those customized programs to any one of those customers and what their demands are. Awesome. Awesome. So now I know you guys have a really big commitment to compliance and product safety. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how maybe that might affect your supply chain? Yeah. So we actually are in a situation where our our vendors sometimes think we're being too strict with our compliance because of how important that is for us to give peace of mind to our distributor customers and then to the end user. We have a, a program where um, in the U.S. there's something called the Consumer Product Safety Improvement Act, CPSIA, and which basically says any item that's intended for a child, uh, and that's defined as 12 years and, and under, that the uh, lead and other chemicals have to be at a certain level. We've decided that uh, we've classified every item in our line as a children's item, even though it's not intended for a child. We've done that because by printing a different logo on the different products, it actually changes a product from a non-children's item to a children's item. So we've done that in a way to set a higher standard than the industry to make it easier for distributors to want to focus on us because they want the peace of mind to know that we have compliant items that uh, we've tested and we continue to test every single shipment that comes into our facility, every shipment that comes from, from any of our factories, 
and that we will have consistency not only in the product quality but also in the compliance and safety with the product. Yeah, I love that. So what's involved with the testing process? Well, we we do individual tests on our own, and we have uh, different lots tested by testing labs, and we put those together, and, and we make sure that we have redundancy, and we have all the testing documents done on a consistent uh, basis. Prime is one of the founding members of QCA, which is the Quality Certification Alliance. And as a founding member, we're dedicated to making sure that the industry, not just those that are part of the QCA, but that the industry has the highest standards. Because anything that could happen uh, in our industry that, uh, that could neg- negatively affect any of us uh, can be a problem. So we want to make sure that everyone is at the highest standard, whether uh, they're friendly competitors or otherwise. Yeah, I really, really like your commitment to that. So then I'm going to take you in a, a different of a different direction. Um, how do you manage returns? I mean, you're you're bringing an inventory, you're holding the inventory, you're imprinting on the product itself. So it's, I mean, the product that you're sending out is really specific and tailored to that end user through to the, mm-hmm. through the distributor. So we have so, a lifetime guarantee on all of our products. First of all, oh, you Not do. Just, okay. Yep. Uh, on the on the quality of the product, the, uh, the uh, workmanship of the product, e- even uh, on uh, if there's um, j- just uh, if there's any defect, we'll take care of it. The, the most important thing is that we ship out a product and we don't need to worry about getting it back because of our compliance and our safety and, and, and our focus on quality control throughout the whole production process. So not only from the product consistency from the factories in Asia or uh, wherever we might buy the product from, whether it's the U.S., Asia, uh, uh, or the other uh, parts of the world, we need to make sure that the product has is going to be consistent because if there's a mold release agent on, on one product on one order or a mold line on one order and not the other, it, it hurts us in production. So we want consistency all through the entire supply chain from overseas to uh, when we're printing it in our facility. We have multiple quality control checks in our facility all the way through and until it gets shipped out the door. Right. So I would assume that you don't get a lot of returns then. It's very, very small percentage, maybe 0.7%. Wow, that's great. Very small. Yeah, really, really good. So um, we're going to kind of look into the future now. And I want to ask you, where do you see the industry? Where do you see the promotional industry in the next five to 10 years? You know, where do you see it maybe from a supply chain standpoint? What are the challenges? What do you think is going to be challenging coming up in the future? I think that the lines will be blurred more with who the supplier, the distributor, and the end user are as it's happening today. I think that the model that the distributor and the supplier have right now is is going to be blurred because there will be distributors more and more that are trying to set up uh, and uh, have inventory and printing on their own. And there will be suppliers over time that will partner up with those distributors and uh, be able to um, have agreements with those distributors where they're selling to the end customer somehow working with them more in partnership, as you're starting to see now when there's consolidation with the supply chain base right now, you'll see more and more of that and more and more go-to-market strategies more aligned 
with the distributor and the end user, I'm a distributor and the supplier. I think in addition to that, you'll see other players and private equity coming more and more into this market, which will then blur the lines even more because private equity doesn't necessarily respect the existing supply chain, nor should they, by the way, because it's, it's important to look ahead and think of new business models. There, there are definitely some of that, there's some of that happening today with some uh, big, big money coming into this industry and consolidation happening in this industry. Those are the things that will happen, and there's going to be some catalysts that happen that are going to force the hand of the distributors and suppliers to think even differently, more differently than we are, and to do it in a very quick and uh, nimble way. And how how are you going to manage some of that as as Prime and and as the CEO of of you know one of the largest promotional companies in North America? Right. So we're always investing in technology. We're looking at. We're always working with our distributors to be even closer to them to understand what their needs are and their challenges are. We're investing and in, in, with that technology to try to uh, drive end to end. Connectivity with the distributor, and the more that we're aligned together, the more we can go to market together. And we're all, in, in addition, we're looking at acquisitions all the time, trying to be more of a hub and spoke model for some of the smaller suppliers that are out there because of our our engine that works very well at Prime. We we often find a win-win solution for small to medium-sized suppliers that want to be able to uh, have their products presented to. Uh, the top distributors in this industry, where it's hard for them to get that audience on their own as a small or medium-sized supplier. So what about you as the CEO? What what are you focused on in the next maybe six months to a year? I'm focused on technology, integration, and looking at other acquisition opportunities for Prime, as well as expanding our product line, ensuring that we just in general operate very efficiently to make sure that we're profitable and make sure that our distributor is our number one focus. Yeah, and you've got a great team over there. I've met a I've I've met a handful of them and uh, and I I just think they're great. You've got a really good team over there uh, to help you. you do that in the future. You know, that's the key thing. I've focused on on culture for the you know for a long time, and that's that's the only thing that makes this company work. Without the right culture, without the right people, without dedication of so many people that we have that have been here for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years. Without them, this is nothing. And that's what keeps me going every day, making sure that we have the uh, highest level of service internally. We want to build and enhance the service that we give our internal employees. In turn, that that will be uh, something that they can focus on when they're working with our external uh, customers. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I think uh, corporate culture is a really, really, really big thing now. You know, people want to feel inclusive. They want to feel like they're working together as a team. And that totally reflects in how they handle customer service and deal with either external suppliers or even external customers. So I commend you on that. So Well, thank you. Anyways, I just want to thank you so much. We've kind of come to the end of the interview here. That's it? Yeah. Great. I loved it. So thank you. Yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. I think this was great. You've given us our audience a lot to think about and, um, you know, listen to in regards to your, your supply chain as a promotional company, 
um, a promotional products company uh, with the amount of inventory that you have is just mind-blowing. So it's nice to kind of, you know, find out some of the ins and outs of the industry and and your take on that and uh, how the supply chain all works. So thank you again for coming on the show. My pleasure. And if anyone ever has any questions, I'm happy to answer any of them. Great. We'll have uh, all of your details on our website at twobabestalksupplychain.com. Excellent. Thank and you your so website, much. Jeff? Primeline.com and jetlinepromo.com. There we go. Okay, so our audience has all the information on, uh, on Prime, and uh, they can go to any of the websites to find out that information. Definitely. Thank you so much. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep the orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and dropship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. To get your free assessment, visit them at icecorplogistics.com and check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. I love that Primeline has a commitment to compliance and product safety. Next week, you're going to want to make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss this upcoming episode. We are talking to Simon, author of Demand-Driven Supply Chain Management, about the what, why, and how of demand-driven supply chain transformation. Remember to check us out on our website at twobabestalksupplychain.com. You could also follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter for supply chain info and updates on our guests. This episode was produced by Mike Mazurik. We are your hosts, Nick and Sarah. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, ship happens.